Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Man, good conversations, good meaty conversations today. Not that miniature horse story. That's not what we're talking about. But, uh, oh, man, the Michigan scandal. We told you on Monday this thing's going to move fast, and it's moving fast. Yes. Uh, here we are, the FBI now investigating. Still. Pete, like, not, not a peep. Crickets out of Michigan, whether that be the university, athletic department, and I don't even the uni- even the conference that you talked about. The Big Ten conference hadn't really said well, anything. Whoever ordered the code red on this and began to leak this information, get it out there that started over the weekend last weekend after Michigan won again, beat Michigan State. Because like if you go online, there are reports of a disgruntled booster. Mm-hmm. At Michigan, hey, who every uni- every university's got a few. <laughs> every maybe he went rogue and, and kind of lit the fuse on yeah. this thing. But you know, some Michigan fans are mad at that guy. But it doesn't matter. I mean, the fact it's like being it's mad at Mike, being mad at Mike Fires and the whole Astros. Situation. It was going to come out at one point anyway. They just the person that put it out there. Well, but you know, like Mike Fires, if Mike Fires had never said anything, the Astros scandal wouldn't have. It took a whistleblower because baseball, the NCAA, don't have subpoena power. And, you know, but Mike Fires willingly wanted to out the Astros for that. And I, as an Astro fan, rightfully so. Because uh, a lot of people are mentioning that you weren't this mad about the Astros as you are with this Michigan thing. That's not true. If you were listening to our show in 2017, I was bitterly disappointed in the Astros. And I was okay if they were going to, you know, strip players of the, if they are going to strip them of the title. Damn right. I understood mm-hmm. it. I didn't defend that. Yeah. But I, what I do defend now is that, they're not cheating now, and they're still winning. That has to be respected. You can always label them for what they did, but at the same time, if they continue to win and they're not cheating, then you've got to give them their credit. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know, I mean, what happened in 2017, I don't think uh, the commissioner at the time was harsh enough in that, because it, but the reason he wasn't. He couldn't. He needed witnesses. He needed people to go on the record. And he gave them immunity instead. So yes. they got some, but the other part is they would have had to investigate every team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And that would have opened a can of worms that that would have been on the side of the Astros fans to say, well, everybody was doing it. That doesn't matter. The Astros are the ones that had the whistleblower and got caught. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's like if, if every guy on your street's cheating on his wife and he's the one that gets caught, you're, you're, or somebody whistleblows on you, you're not going to be able to say, hey, honey, well, everyone's doing it. Well, I don't care about that, right? The, the Astros got caught, and they had to own that. Michigan looks like they got caught here. It and whether it like came it. out from a disgruntled booster or not, it's really bad. What well, the evidence now is starting to mount up. It's all circumstantial right now, but it's, sure. still, it's still mounting up. Well, let's also of... say, when I say timing, the Michigan Wolverines don't play this week. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's why you haven't heard a statement from Michigan. It's why you haven't heard a statement from the Big Ten. You're right. The longer it goes, the more they don't. It, we, it, 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 the silence is damning. By Sunday or Monday, the, the Big Ten's going to have to say something because yeah. Michigan will be back on the schedule. Vegas may not create a line for them next week mm. um, because they, you know, they're, they're going to look at the line and say that that's an inauthentic line. We don't know. You know, again, you missed it earlier. We talked about uh, you know South Carolina maybe benefiting from this same sign stealing guy uh, to help them beat Tennessee and beat Clemson at the end of last year because Michigan wanted those teams to Ooh. get knocked off because they might derail them to the Final Four if they lose to Ohio State. So this thing's getting deep, and uh, coaches are talking now. TCU is 
You know, because mm-hmm. coaches now, won't, they won't whistleblow if they don't have evidence. But once the story's out, they'll talk. And it'll usually be anonymous. But anonymous coaches at TCU said, we, we were well aware before the national championship fi- semifinal. Yeah, they were being told by other coaches. Yeah, be ready. In the industry, which means this thing was out there. Yeah. This was out. A lot of coaches in the Big Ten knew they didn't have evidence of it. But they knew whether it was a gut feeling or whether you played the James Franklin sound earlier, whether it's just like, hey, guys, we broke tendency. We, we went out of our way. This was even – we went out of our way to even um, basically to counter our own logic in throwing out some of these different plays, and yet they still lined up in well, the perfect defense to stop it. So all this is circumstantial. It's circumstantial, but, but also there's results on the field. And South Carolina was a 6-5 and five team without the, the potential uh, – the uh, – uh, reported uh, assistance from mm-hmm. from uh, Connor Stallions. Stallions that helped them to as a as a six and five team or six and four at the time beat number five Tennessee yeah. and score sixty three points mm-hmm. and then beat number seven Clemson uh, the you know, far and away your best two performances of the year. Um, I hope they weren't the sharing assist- information like that. They're sharing information with other teams and other conferences like that. That's that covert, is- man. Ooh. And now that brings Shane Beamer and his staff into the conversation if yeah. they've got to go there. And then, so if it got to that point, then TCU is aware of it, and they're mm. making changes. Uh, yeah, so, and of course, TCU won that game. They beat Michigan, uh, having time to prepare, have a plan, and did not have signs. So you, you talk about the week to regrind of college football. I mean, you only get 20 hours a week with your players, Rod. You can't just totally change signs. You can't start over. You can try to adjust them. You usually just throw out like, – they do misinformers where they basically have like two or three guys with signs or giving out hand signals, and only one of them is actually the, the real signal caller. But, you, uh, but the other two are just giving out fake signals. But every sport does that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you said it well yesterday that if this guy's going to games, recording the sidelines for the entirety of the game – on both sides, right? He goes to both sides. He buys mm-hmm. tickets on both oh, sides. Yeah. So he, and on the fifty, of course, so you can get the good angle. Expensive uh, tickets. And too. then you then you you put that into an algorithm, which you then put into AI technology and let them. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Help to do cultivate that these days. What is actually? I mean, he's like it's it's coding, right? It's yeah. it's it's decoding. You don't have to do it. I do stuff by hand, but I'm old school, and I <laughs> I do it. I work harder, not smarter these days. Those people, they once they get that uh, that video, um, and they can obviously break that down, digitize that. They'll put that into some type of algorithm. I mean, this guy's a military. He's got military, military background. Military yes. trained. So I'm sure he's got connections that have, is, that have that type of technology. They'll find the trends, find the patterns that can. Computer will find it for you. Then they'll tell you, hey, this pattern of signs means this. This means this. It's likely an 80% chance this will mean this. Man, you could kill it if you really have the, the actual data. And they looked like they were gathering all the data. Well, and somebody <laughs> said, that, you know, the Michigan's lucky the FBI is in on this and not the Gambino crime family. You know, Vegas well, will start it ain't over this yet. too. Oh, I know. It ain't over yet. Oh, this thing, <laughs> it we're it at the tip of the yet. iceberg of this deal. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying – the, th- the fact that it's not happening after the season's over and they can just vacate all these, it's happening in the season where Michigan's the number two ranked team in the country. By next week, Big Ten has to have a plan. No, TCU, a source said, it's the most sophisticated uh, sign-stealing operation in the world. <laughs> That's what the TCU and that Ross Dellinger report. But to, they said it started in 2021. And the, the timeline with Jim Harbaugh's kind of resurrection there at, at Michigan, it does line up. With, when with Connor Stallions getting $55,000 to become an assistant. Yeah, the Michigan against the, against the spread. Michigan from 2015 to 2020. With Jim Harbaugh struggling a little bit, can't beat Ohio State. People are thinking, oh, man, you got to fire him, even though he's a Michigan man. He's 32 and 38 and 1. 
against the spread from 2015 to 2020. 38, 32, and 1. So about 50-50. Yeah. Just over. Yeah, right? Just, yeah, exactly. Um, and then 2021 to, 20, to, to current, all right, to present day, he's 23-11 and 2 against Ooh. the spread. Well, that's the, that's the real juice is that uh, the outcomes of games, if, if all this is true, are being impacted. That's, what, uh, that's the, the money one. you were talking about. That's the problem. And then Vegas is like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Amen. Tap the brakes. And look, I mean, it'll be, it'll be, it'll resonate in a big way that to hear FBI. And that's for, for computer. There's a computer issue that they're looking into. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, if, if Vegas doesn't put a line on their game next week and refuses to put a line out that's and big. takes them off the board, that's, that's big. That'll be huge. Yeah. Uh, and this is where the Big Ten, because this text is right, says, why don't D1 schools use helmet? Com and for like the NFL, well, they should. Every coach says it's they the should. NCAA, and they do the, the stupidest well, that's why thing possible. I said <laughs> the Big Ten should come in and institute it for the rest of this season and beyond, because uh, there are no more non-conference games. The Big Ten could pay for it, mm-hmm. clear it, cover it. Uh, say we cannot play forward. We've got to a protect Michigan, which I know sounds crazy, but if you go to the helmet com, oh yeah, and Michigan keeps dominating, keeps winning, that helps their case, right? If they have a case, it says, well, this wasn't the reason we were winning. We're just really good, um, but. If they they regress, well, now you got an issue. Yep. But but it does it accomplishes both things, and it also protects your other teams that are having to play Michigan, uh, because you can't stop for any from any any espionage that's been done here illegally because these are rules that they've broken. Mm-hmm. Any information that have got been gathered um, is now still usable in these future games. There's no doubt. And so and you. You're not going to trust Michigan and say we won't use it. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, of course you're not. They're going to say no, we don't even have any. Well, okay. Yeah, we th- yeah exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to say. So you almost have to take the dramatic because ex- because you know coaches are going to be like, well, well I, I got to get my quarterback ready, how to do this, and right in the middle of the season. Still, Big Ten has to be bold here. Bold. I like that move. Um, they really do. And yeah. by by next week, they are, they caught a break that and maybe whoever put this out started leaking this information. Understood they had a bye week. I don't Could know. Be. Could be. Uh, because now this can be. This will be the story of college game day tomorrow morning. Uh, their research. I mean, they're going to have whoever all their investigators, reporters are diving all over this. Uh, this story will. It, it is. You're tired of already hearing about it because it's just sign stealing. Everybody does it. No, no, no. This thing will be. A volcano. It's already going from the you know from the sports page to the front page. You got the Washington Post now doing their own investigative. Because uh, yeah, really now you got like the investigative journalists, not just the sports journalists yes, on it. Exactly. Now you, that's the problem. Now, now it's oh, going. The FBI's involved. Well, Boom. okay, call the newsroom. Yeah, yeah. You want the New York <laughs> Times and stuff like that on it? That's that's exactly what's going on. So I don't know. Sixty minutes is rolling up in here. I have no idea. Like you said, when the conference is going to make a statement, when Michigan or will the athletic department make a statement? But right now, in the quarter public opinion he's already being charged <laughs> and Which they're already being assigned guilt in the court well, of public that's why opinion. i said when i first argued that they, they should go to this helmet com do it now brother jim at jim harbaugh should be the number one person advocating for that mm-hmm. he should come out and say big 10 why don't we go to helmet com immediately because i don't know anything about this and we're not winning we're just really good he should be the one pushing for it he should be though but he's, he's not prob- <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> he's not because he knows he goes out there in front of the media that and then that, that may come back to haunt him if he's like, oh, no, let's go to hell and comes. Before we go to the Rods round. Like I just you said, he could be exposed. I think way. this is important because people keep asking questions like this. Why can't it be like good old-fashioned football, send out the play call with a receiver, he tells the player to call the play? Because it's not they don't 20 years ago. They don't want to huddle They don't huddle anymore. Yeah, they don't want to huddle up. It's, it's, it's get to the line of scrimmage, check with me. Yeah, because you don't want the defense to huddle. 
Right. It's all about they don't want the defense to huddle, so they don't huddle. And then, yeah. And that's why it's revealing that if you take well, everything we've just said from this Connor Stallions, that he's recording these games, decoding these games, and then during games he's on the sidelines seen talking to coordinators or people in headsets. Helping them to decipher it and say, hey, this is what it means. It means this. And that's where we had that James Franklin sound that, you know, if, if you look over and say check with me and you check to a new play – well, then all of a sudden, Michigan's defense is then checking to a new play because they know what you just checked to. Yeah, they're like moving to the gap that you were going yeah. <laughs> to explain. It's like, what the hell? We were just going to we, – we saw a weakness there. Like, no, they, it is. I, that's the problem. Yeah, it and is. And that becomes – and that's how you don't look. let a team snap the ball in the red zone all year long, right? I mean, that's how you play – potentially, that's how you play suffocating defense even against the average schedule or below average schedule that they've played. They haven't, uh, they haven't defended a play – Inside the ten yard line, there's been no first and goal inside the ten yard line this year. And maybe they're just really good. And they have scored uh, more touchdowns on defense than they've allowed, four to three. <laughs> they've outscored their opponents in the third quarter. I'm not joking. I think it's like a hundred something points to zero in the third quarter this year. Oh, adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Connor, Connor, come up here with the guy. We'll talk to you for a second. Well, like I mean, if he's if he's this good at it and he's learned, he's honed his uh, skills with his hours and hours of. Uh, and apparently he's uh, always wanted to be a, a coach at Michigan, too. He's a Michigan man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's been his goal. Uh, and so now he's using his military training to help them. But now, now if, he can, if he's that good at it, he's using it in-game in oh. real time. Hey, no guys, doubt. I got there. I got their signs. You know, we, first half we were watching. We got it. Yeah, now it's in here. It's in his brain. Yeah. Now it's in, it's in, but I got a feeling that the FBI come in, uh, become involved here. And he's been, right, he's been on, put on leave with pay. Right, they've uh, t- put so on. He the, won't be on the sidelines he, anymore. No, uh, but the question is, will he be the the? Is he going to be the fall guy now? Well, you know he is, but is somebody else going to be considered to be the fall guy too? That's the head of this operation. Because if Jim Harbaugh is the head of the operation, then his career in college coaching is it's done. Over, over. Um, so somebody's going to be the fall guy. I wonder if that's what they're figuring out right now. Like, hey man, who's going to be the fall guy? Well, if this tracks. I mean, there's already full folders full of information on every opponent to come. And they're talking about it's coaches are there. involved in the yeah. database and stuff like that. And if they've yeah. been using it this long, then they all know how to use it. Yep. And there's already he's you know he's already created the file for the next four opponents that they have. Uh, just it, look, it, it's a it, yes, it sounds like a thirty for thirty or you know some type of documentary, and it's happening in real time, which is why Big Ten Michigan have to get out in front. Hey, let's get to Rod's rant here in the nine o'clock hour. He does two every morning, seven fifteen and nine fifteen. Uh, let's get one. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. Well, I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. Okay, uh, I want to talk about the uh, the Cowboys and the Texans a little bit. We talked about this earlier. Um, you know, the Cowboys have a game coming up versus the Rams, and the Cowboys' issues offensively uh, are just uh, it's mind blowing, a bit a bit perplexing. Uh, what's going on with the Cowboys' offense? So I've been doing some deep dive about especially the wide receiver position and the wide receiver production. Michael Gallup. Um, Michael Gallup is probably having his worst season as a pro. 
and I don't really understand, you know, what's going on. You thought if you had added more weapons around him and the Cowboys that he would get more favorable matchups, get one one-on-one matchups, and that he'd be more effective, but that's not the case at all. How about this stat for Michael Gallup? Uh, 12th most targets in contested situations, right? Uh, an opportunity for a contested catch. That was actually part of his strength as a, as a, a player. You know, 50-50 balls, you throw up to Michael Gallup, they become 80-20 balls because he's great at being able to high point the football and being able to moss guys. Got nice frame for a, a, a receiver that can go big body, another defensive back. How about this number? So on contested catches this season, he has the 12th most targets in the league on contested catches. He's only caught two of the 12. Two of the 12. By the way, that's the lowest rate in the NFL uh, on such throws. And that he's at 16% contested catch rate. Guys, in 2022, he was at 47%. 2021, 50%. 2020, 50%. 2019, he was at 53%. His rookie year, 2018, he was at 30% contested catch rate. But for now, I guess post-injury, the contested catch rate has fallen off a cliff for him, and that was the role that he played in that Cowboys offense. And now they got to kind of shift his role because he right now is not that same receiver anymore. And as a receiver, they have different skill sets, right? Some guys, they, they create great separation. Guys like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he doesn't create a lot of separation. He's just got tremendous hands and can high point the football. Guys like Mike Evans are, are, are playing the receiver position a little bit different than that Tyreek Hill is, right? So all these guys have different skill sets. They create separation in a different way. And Michael Gallup wasn't really about creating separation. He was more about leverage and being able to big body DBs for the football in contested catches. And I'm telling you right now, based on these numbers, that ain't happening. Which also leads to his ranking. The ESPN did a wide receiver efficiency rankings they had Gallup ranked 104th out of 109 receivers 104th out of 109 receivers terrible Brandon Cooks was not much better they had him ranked 97th both of those wide receivers uh, on the ESPN wide receiver efficiency rankings guys both of them were bottom 15 both of them were bottom 15 um CeeDee Lamb going back to CeeDee Lamb having a great season so far CeeDee Lamb is sixth he was sixth on it. CeeDee Lamb is looking like right now a top 10 receiver in the league. He really is. I said this earlier. Uh, you go look at a lot of his stats. I mean, he's at, if you look at first read target share, that's dropped for him. His uh, target share overall, that's dropped. But his yards per route run, up from 2.44 uh, to 2.44, excuse me, from 2.38. Um, average route depth, that's a career low. Average depth of target career low. Those are not CeeDee Lamb's. Uh, issues that uh, average depth of target and route depth that's the play design and that's the you know the route that he is assigned to run but if you look at explosive reception rate yards per target career highs for him his yards per route run are up so the truth is the stats tell you you should target cd lamb more they're not doing it enough right now he's got an 81 percent uh uh completion percentage when he's targeted over 11 yards per attempt 121 passer rating when targeted he is right they should target him more if you look at fantasy points because you all you fantasy folks out there fantasy points per target he's only scoring 6.7 percent of his fantasy points have come off of touchdowns guys last year that was at 18 percent in 2021, that was at over 15%. That was damn near 20% in 2020 for CeeDee Lamb. So he's not even getting a lot of production off in terms of fantasy from scoring.
it's all come off of his productivity uh, within the offense outside of the red zone, outside of the touchdown. But Michael Gallup, man, his numbers are bad. I mean, when Michael Gallup is targeted by Dak, and Dak's going to start losing confidence in these guys. Because Michael Gallup, he's only completing 54% of his targets to Michael Gallup. One interception, zero touchdowns, 60 passer rating. Same thing with Brandon Cooks. Are you talking about a 56% completion percentage when targeted? 4.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, three interceptions when he targets Brandon Cooks for a 43 passer rating. I don't know what they can do. Well, actually, I do. (laughs) Um, There's a lot they can do to fix it. But they got to make sure that they weaponize their receivers a little bit best. First, their second and third receivers, because right now they're performing at the lowest levels, arguably, in the league for a second and third receiver on a roster. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb, different discussion. We talked about it. So here are two issues that, that have come up. And I brought this up earlier in the show. The Cowboys... Text Coast offense doesn't use motion enough. If you look at just overall motion in the offense, motion and shifts, period, they're 27th in the league. But if you look at motion at the snap, which has become a big conceptual cheat code uh, in the NFL, right? Because uh, Miami is using that cheat motion where they get Tyreek Hill in motion at the time of the snap. He's already on the move. Get the fastest player in the league a running start, right? That seems unfair. Well, the Cowboys have a player like that that has dynamic speed. Why don't you give Brandon Cooks a running start to that effect? And the the, the, uh, best offenses in the NFL, your Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the Detroit Lions, they're all top five in rates of motion and motion at the snap rate. By the way, the the, the Rams are also top five. They're number two in those categories. Cowboys going to see a lot of that defensively. So that is something the Cowboys offense has to use more of is just motion. It's one of the most popular cheat codes right now in the NFL. Got to see more of that. Also, something that the Texas Coast offense was meant to do was get the ball out of Dak's hands quicker, and it, that, is, that is indeed happening. 2.69 seconds on average uh, getting the ball out of Dak's hands in 2023. That is down from 3.02 seconds in 2022. And, yes, the interception rates are down. But, man, Dak's overall effectiveness as a quarterback is also dropping. Um, you go look at Dak in play action. We've said for years, right, Dak is really good in play action situations. He's really good with play action pass. And he's been one of the best quarterbacks at play action pass. What if I told you this season he hasn't been great in play action pass? Maybe because the running game's not working. Maybe that has an effect on it. He only, he was, he's averaging 5.4 yards per attempt on play action pass, guys. They're supposed to be deep vertical shots down the field. He's been pressured 21 times in 51 play-action pass snaps. That's a lot. He's got a 9.4% drop rate on play-action pass plays alone. He's been sacked three times. He's got one touchdown, one interception. And like I said... Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, quick technical glitch. First time we've had that at the home studio this week, the home office down in Onion Creek, Texas. No surprise, actually, we hadn't had more of those. Yeah, we've been, yeah. it happens sometimes, the uh, little, little gremlin. But uh, just at the end of Rod's rant, which was right on point, Cowboys offense has to be better. Mike McCarthy has, and we said when they, when they just, you know, let – Kellen Moore go, mm-hmm. and um, they went and got Brandon Cooks and uh, let Dalton Schultz go. But that um, you know, it was it was the idea of, of building an offense that was more friendly to Dak Prescott. So far, even though they've won four of their first six, 
they uh, are not. I mean, it's just not as good. They're not good. And I mean, every metric that you just went through there uh, is not as good. I yeah. mean, and they're not using the innovative, you know, yeah, it's motions a, that they can help Brandon Cooks. Yeah, so it's not a modern team. offense. It's crazy. The Texas offense is an old offense. It's well, not a modern what offense. Is Mike, remember when Mike McCarthy got here, he brought Mike Nolan with him to coach his defense because they've been living out in the barn uh, <laughs> after he got fired in Green Bay. You know, and and it's, it's, it's old school thinking. And I, think, I still think Mike McCarthy's an old school thinker. And the, the NFL, and this has always been a problem for me with Jerry Jones, is they're very insular. They don't mm. look outward. They don't. They don't. They don't That's why they promote from within too much. Too often. Yeah. Uh, it's family business, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to earn the trust, and then you can be on the team. But um, you know, look around. Look what, what you just mentioned. It. The best offenses: Miami, Detroit, uh, San Francisco. They're using a ton of motion to create mismatches. Create, you know, Tyreek Hill at full speed at the snap. Brandon Cooks could do that, as you said. Yep. Uh, but Tony Pollard, the run game's not he as good, can, and he can do that kind of stuff too. Yeah. You're not. You're not weaponizing Tony Pollard enough. No. Uh, so it's that's a, that's on MacArthur. Now they're four and two, so he's okay if they can figure some things out in this bye week and come after it, uh, come out and beat the Rams, who they should beat on Sunday. The Rams are a 3-4 team. Yeah. But you know what you see the Rams doing a lot of? Motion. motion. They're like uh, second in the NFL in motion. So, Texas, sorry, the, the Dallas defense, they like to defend a lot of it. I do like the matchup, though. Puka and Cooper, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, they're really good versus zone coverage. They're actually fifth and top five, both of them, in the NFL in yards per route run versus zone coverage. Versus man, though, both of those guys dropped down to 30th and 59th for, in yards per route run versus man coverage. Cowboys play more man coverage than anybody in the league. So that actually is a really good matchup for them. And Deron Bland, remember I gave you that stat earlier, leading the NFL right now in passer rating allowed. He's got zero touchdowns allowed in coverage, seven PBUs, that's second in the NFL, three interceptions, second most in the NFL, and two pick sixes, that's the most in the NFL. Deron Bland, you got to pay him soon. Yeah. You got to pay Deron Bland. How about that? You got to end up paying that dude because he's having such a great pick. year. He's, he's, <laughs> he's only a second-year player, so next year you yeah, got to pay him after next, next year, year if he keeps this trend. But no yeah. Doubt. He's earning that, that, that money, that bag of money. Uh, all right, Rod, so you've got an idea for Texas. Uh, Malik Murphy's going to start this game and yes. be the quarterback for the Longhorns. Yes, and yes. The, and the, the Vegas line is actually going up, meaning people are putting their money on Texas and money on Malik Murphy. They, they Obviously, Vegas, either Vegas is reacting to the people who are confident. And remember I told you, usually when the Longhorn fandom has to witness a quarterback change for – you know, productivity reasons or because, you know, an injury of some kind, whatever the reason may be, uh, there's usually anxiety, right? There's dread, there's pessimism about the product and what it's going to look like. Uh, this is one of the few times, and shout out to the Longhorn fans out there, and I think it's this trust in Steve Sarkeesian, trust in the coaches, where, you know, Longhorn fans are eager about this opportunity for Malik Murphy. There's a lot of anticipation and excitement, optimism surrounding this opportunity for him. First of all, I think Longhorn fans are grateful to Malik for staying in, in, in Texas and being loyal to Texas during the transfer portal era. Now, he didn't need to, and by the way, you should take care of yourself, all right, and make sure you're doing what's best for you. Um, but when Quinn came, he stayed. When Arch came, he stayed. After the spring game, when he displayed his skill and he was being courted by other Power 5 programs, he stayed, even though yeah, he got his bag. But I think Longhorn fans are appreciative of that. These days, they have to be. When you get a guy like Rojo that decides, yeah, I can start somewhere else. But you know what? I like Texas. Jonathan Brooks. Which, yes, exactly. Right? Those stories you're like, man, these days that has to have, hold a special place in your heart because those guys don't have to be. They can go other places and, and play there and play well and get bags of money and still go to the NFL. But they love Texas. 
happen, right? That's what we want. We want guys who I always say there are two types of players, guys who come to play at Texas and guys who come to play for Texas. There's no doubt Malik is a guy that came to play for Texas. He ain't come to play at Texas. That's the case he'd been gone already. So I think we should pay tribute to the young man. When he has, he's having his first start, and when he does make his you know, first big touchdown throw or he makes his first big touchdown run, whatever it is, when he scores a touchdown, I think we should pay tribute to his, his Twitter handle, number one, which is SMV Operator, which is Smooth Operator for him. So my idea it seems pretty simple, and I'd be disappointed if the audio, the audio and the graphics crew over there at DKR State don't get it done. Mops. Yeah, right, exactly. If they don't get it done, and it should be short. It could be anywhere from 5 to 10 to 15 seconds, however long you want to make it. But since he is a smooth operator, that is his Twitter handle. A little shy day, never hurt nobody. Classic. Boom. Do we have some of this, Ty? This is what we should be hearing at DKR uh, coming up on Saturday when Malik makes a play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what? What might have dropped? No, no, you're still here. What, what, what did you send to me? Oh, <laughs> I was getting ready for his Halloween. Halloween. Can you oh, play oh. the smooth operator from Shadow? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. <laughs> it is Friday. <laughs> it's a great song too. No, no, the the chorus of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Ty. Yeah, uh, but obviously, only, only. at the DKR, at DKR, they'll get the chorus of it, and it just be quick, go. like five seconds. Yeah. Thank you, Ty. Good job. Uh, yeah, I think they should play it just real quick, five seconds, no big deal. I know for the stadium it's a little slow, but I think it'd be a nice tribute for the young man. I don't even know if he actually even rec- recognizes the smooth operator and the Sade connection to the smooth operator. He probably is, has a smooth operator Twitter handle for something else, but I think it'd be pretty cool. There you go. That's my idea. Hook it up. I consider myself a smooth operator as well. You are a smooth operator, Ty. Not I today, though. I on this, brother. The, the ladies. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's Friday, all right? And Ty had an all-nighter that he was had to. All-nighter? Well, something close to it. Now, Ty was like, what, what time did you get in last night, Ty? Like three. Exactly. We get, we, we're on air at six. He's got to be <laughs> at the studio probably at like, I don't know, Was it five, a deep Eddie night? 435? Yes. It was a deep So he probably night. slept, yeah, he probably slept an hour, if that. You know, Ty, when you become a morning show producer, your your habits kind of have to Okay, well, I, I haven't you know gone on Thursday in a while. I went on a date I'm last night. It was a, it was yeah, a you great go. girl. I think I, found, I might have found myself a, a nice lady. Ooh, you were a smooth operator last smooth night? Smooth operator. I think so. I think so. <laughs> he doesn't remember, but he thinks so. Uh, you know what I mean? That's good. There you go. Appreciate that. But, yeah, I think uh, the stadium will be hy- hype and excited for Malik because – like I said, usually there's dread, there is pessimism, there is a lot of negativity surrounding a quarterback change for whatever reason. I think the last time there was like eager excitement and anticipation 
going in, and a lot of optimism with a quarterback change for whatever reason, it was probably Sims because, you know, going back to that, you know, that Sims time, people were really high on Sims coming in, number one quarterback in the country, and what the possibilities were when he came in. And because this quarterback room is so stacked, I think Longhorn fans are very excited to see what, what Malik is capable of because they know this, uh, this, this room is arguably the most stacked quarterback room in the country. Now it's time to prove it. Yep, that's right. Uh, you know, got two five stars and a, you know, two number one overall quarterback prospects and a, a high four star who wants to show that he's as good as those guys. You that's know what I mean? What he be- I know he believes that, and yeah, he, he should believe it. Good for him. Well, that's that's why he stayed. He would, if, he, if he was insecure about whether he was good enough to compete in that room with Arch and Quinn, he wouldn't have stayed. He'd have got the hell out of Dodge. And nobody would have blamed him, by the way. We'd all been like, yeah, yeah you're smart for getting out of there. He, he wanted this opportunity. He's been patient, and hopefully his patience is rewarded. Well, and he knows this roster, and obviously he's had the whole week of practice. We heard Sark talking about he had his best practice yesterday, and that makes sense that, you know, the Wednesday's an important day to, for the – and Tuesday and then it, the install time. When I start to grasp it, starting to feel comfortable with it, you just, you know, let it loose. And uh, we'll see what the walkthrough today and into tomorrow at 2.30. There's also the element that BYU doesn't know what to expect either, right? I mean, with Quinn Ewers, you, you have two a year and a half of tendencies and a year and a half of uh, film to watch. With Malik Murphy, there's nothing. And uh, outside of that – Spring game, so BYU's got to prepare for that. Now, BYU's playing their third straight backup quarterback, and third straight quarterback making his first ever start. Uh, TCU, they Texas got, did that. Remember? Yeah, TCU, they got blitzed uh, by yeah. the by the young kid Josh uh, Hoover. Hoover. Yeah. And then last week they faced. Now look, at Texas Tech, they were down to the third string guy. This was an emergency. We and they were just giving away the football. Oh no, we suck again. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> suck again. <laughs> because Texas Tech, you know, two teams in Texas. Texas Tech and Texas A&M can't keep a quarterback healthy. No. They can't keep a quarterback healthy. And for A&M, it's the issue of their, is their O-line and pass protection. I haven't watched enough I Texas, think Tech, it's Texas Tech football. Tech it might be the same thing, yeah. I haven't watched well, Remember when we were talking to our Texas Tech insiders before the season started, and Red Raider fans can judge, judge, weigh in on this, the idea that they had their entire offensive line coming back was like, ugh. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want them all coming back? All, all of them? All of them. Every last one of them? <laughs> Did you see those guys last year? Right. Oh, no. We suck again. <laughs> That's a good point, too. It's like, do we want all of them back is the question. There is a transfer. Because a lot of times you're like, oh, man, they're all back. Well, Kyle Flood, I got them all back. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. You Hopefully know. that means that they're better than they were last year. But you're right. Maybe they, I haven't watched enough Texas Tech to know, but if your quarterbacks are getting dinged up like that, they're probably going to hit a lot. Yeah. Tyler Shuck broke his leg. Now you got uh, the kid uh, Bear Raid, Bear, Baron Morton. He's hurt. Or, yeah, he's, he's that's out. That's crazy. They get rid of the ball fast, too. Texas Tech's weird. offense is designed to get rid of the ball quickly. And, it's not uh, like they're having seven-step drops. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Jimbo Fisher's got a must-win game tomorrow against South Carolina. I mean, that's obvious. Must-win. You can't lose to a 2-5 and five team. I mean, a and home is a 15-point favorite. A&M's program is in some trouble right now. Oh. They're in some peril. They got some issues, they some do. major issues, and I'm not sure if they're. The, the, I'm not sure if the establishment and the boosters and the donors now have confidence in Jimbo anymore. Well, it's one of those things that's pretty obvious because everybody talks about the 70 or 75 million they owe him. But do you have any confidence he's going to finish that contract? Exactly. And if he, if he, it, it, uh, what is it worth for your program to continue to, de- to downslide and deteriorate and yeah, go down this downward spiral? How many recruits are you going to lose as a result yeah, with of that? A, with Texas, how much, Oklahoma, maybe yes. on a collision course to the Big Twelve title game. How much relevance in the state are you going to lose now with Texas going to the SEC? You know, you gotta, you gotta be able, in my opinion, to put a value on that too. Well, look, as it, opposed it, to the money value of the contract. Because we said it's a, t- it's only a ten million dollar decision. Because if you don't do it this year and you do it next year, you're only saving $10 million. 
Because if you do it next year and he's still not getting it done, you owe him fifty million. Yeah, and I would argue the the loss <laughs> the loss in value of influence and in recruiting and all that kind of stuff. I think it adds up to over ten million. Yeah, and here comes South Carolina. That's the uh, the opponent in the SEC they yeah. play every year. Had uh, so that game they need, they need to win that game. Uh, all right, we'll come back when we do. We're gonna go. Who said that? Who said that? I uh, have some fun with that. I got oh, I got uh, some pop culture and uh, there. You know, what I'm saying? football Uh-oh. meets pop culture. You know what that probably means. Taylor also, <laughs> yeah, ding, 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 ding. I also have uh, some other good stuff. And in the next hour, Ty, the hungover Ty, and I will go head to head in our big five picks. Head to head. We also have another Sex behind Panther the picks. burnt orange curtain. The nice. Sex Panther picks of a Friday. I got my five locked in, Rod. I got a couple of favorites. I got a couple of dogs. Ready to roll. And I got a stat for you when I make my picks in the NFL that you're going to love. We'll nice. be back. Stats. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? All right, who said that? It's where we find some fun audio, talk about it, just try to, try to do, uncover, discover who it is. And uh, you can play along, of course. Always encouraged to do so. Do it before uh, 9.45 and 10 o'clock every morning, Aaron. Hook them up with E and Rod B. And I'll start with this. It's his quarterback in the NFL. Ty, can you play the, uh, the second, the last one I sent you uh, to, to, to play? Uh, it's something we talked about a little bit yesterday. Who is this, Rod Babers? I just, I just wear my for two years to get back to playing so why wouldn't I want to play this is what I've been doing since I was six years old so why wouldn't I want to play I see the I see the same things I see all the the narratives this that the third I mean all that stuff is just trying to call controversy and, and, and commotion you know I'm fine I'm happy uh, I'm not happy with the injury but uh, you know I'm, I'm in a great space mentally I'm in a great space spiritually uh, physically, everything else is in a great space except my shoulder. Uh, so we're working hard to get that back. But yeah, why wouldn't why wouldn't I want to play? I don't I don't do this for no other reason. Oh, um, um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long shot. Is that uh, Najoku? No, that's Deshaun Watson. Oh, it's Deshaun Watson. Okay. Because remember the I had the, the team right then. Yeah, the the, the you are <laughs> had the, the team whis- right. The, the whispers are that he. Is healthy. It's Kawhi Leonard situation. Yeah, in Cleveland. His his doctors say something different than the team doctors. Yeah, the doctors. Yeah. He's been medically cleared by the team. They say that they can't find anything wrong with his shoulder, and he's saying my shoulder hurts. So it's uh, leading to the conversation. But by the way, when he's been on the field, he's yeah. been terrible. He's been terrible. He doesn't seem very locked in. Uh, it's no, you can't know any longer with, with Deshaun. Use the idea of rust as a problem no. because he had all off season to absorb this thing and get get this offense. And so people in Cleveland are saying, well. Then this guy's just done want play. If the court, it feels like he's at odds with Kevin Stefanski that Kevin Stefanski <laughs> wants him on the field and they don't find anything in the medicals, and he's not playing. So that's him saying, "No, I just spent two years not playing. I do want to play." Okay, that's I good then. Get healthy. Yeah. That's good that he does want to play. If he's being truthful, that's good that he actually wants to play. I think the frustration for him is two years off of football is a long time. It's a long time for any position, but at quarterback, at quarterback, where what is uh, Steve Sarkeesian described it as a fighter pilot. Think about taking if you're if you're truly a fighter pilot, you can't take two years off and expect to come back be and sharp. be exactly. It just doesn't happen that way. And it's very possible that he'll never be as sharp as he once was when he was a top five uh, worthy quarterback, or at least playing at that level. And I think now psychologically, though, he 
he's he's an open villain. Like he's openly a villain. He's not he's not a bad guy that people don't know that he's a bad guy and he can fake it in front of people. No, for ninety percent of the people that interact with him, and that includes even guys in his own locker room, family, family, everybody, they see him as a bad person. And that is that's tough. That's a that's a hard life to remember. Even LeBron James anybody. talked about that's it was tough for him to become the villain. He was like, I didn't like it. He didn't like being the villain in Miami. He said he thought he would, and he hated that people hated him so much. And I think for LeBron, uh, sorry for uh, Deshaun, he's an actual villain. I'm talking about real life, not just on the on the field. That's what LeBron was on the field on the uh, court. He was a real uh, villain. But you're talking about now real life. People, women walk by you and they are disgusted with you. You know, men walk by you, husbands. That hurts your ego. That hurts you, man. It crushes your, your yeah. spirit. I think and that's what's going on here. I, do, I don't disagree with that at all. That's just a mental thing for him that is he went from the heat. I mean, it's like Tiger Woods. It's like Tiger Woods. I mean, Tiger Woods, he had injuries. But after the – not just the, 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 the golf club and Elon Nordgren, just the exposés and mm-hmm. admitting he's a sex addict and – Humiliation, the, 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 the humili- fall the from Perkins grace. waitress, yeah. and the, the nanny, and all these things that are just disgusting. And you're like, God dang, Tiger. <laughs> yeah, you lose the mystique. And it's like, you know what? I don't even – yeah, and I think for him that's hard because, like you said, he's been the hero probably most of his life. Because he won, he won state titles in high school, won national titles in college. Hell, you had um, – what was it? They, uh, man, wasn't yeah, Dad would was, say he's going to be the next Michael Jordan. Yeah. He was in Houston, and we thought he was the savior of the organization. Yeah. Praised him for being given the keys to the city. He gave his first paycheck to the cleaning oh, staff. Oh, yeah, man. We thought he was it. Yeah. And well, then it all turned. So well, yeah, I think right. that's what it is. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. Uh, okay, speaking of, uh, you know what? Let's uh, get into the next uh, who said that piece of audio. Hit us up, Ty. Laramie, so much of this is surrounded by the guy you guys took first uh, in this draft, second overall pick in, in C.J. Stroud. What I keep reading about, obviously we've seen his play on the field, <laughs> but I'm curious about the relationships that are getting built. Behind the scenes, I keep hearing about Taco Tuesdays. We're watching, you know, Zombieland over there. Have you been over to CJ's house? I feel like this is a regular thing he's trying to do over there. Yeah, this is a regular thing that he does, man. He, he does a good job at, you know, bringing the whole team together. Um, the first thing I said when CJ walked into the building, I was like, the, the leadership that he has as a young player is unbelievable. I think that's one of the first things I said when I met him. I was like, bro, your leader skills is off the charts, you know, and I think that's something that we needed <clears throat> in a franchise quarterback is somebody that's a consistent leader and a damn good player on the field. Yeah. Who said that? Well, Rod, you know, if the uh, Deshaun Watson story continues on its trek and this story in Houston continues on the trek, the Deshaun Watson trade from Houston to Cleveland will get go up in the ranks of the Herschel Walker trade so of being cool. an all-time bad trade for one side and a great yeah. trade for the other because that mm. trade – facilitated the picks and the capital to be able to do what they did That's true. in this draft to acquire, you know, have the number one, number two pick, get C.J. Stroud, um, and then obviously trade back up to get Will Anderson, who is, they think is a cornerstone foundational piece of their defense, which, of course, when Jimmy Johnson traded Herschel Walker for all those draft picks, he used them to build the Cowboys. Yeah, he did. That became the it's Cowboys. foundation, yeah, of that dynasty. Yeah. And look, I mean, there's still been some misses for Nick Casario, but you gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta swing. You gotta hit the big ones, though. You gotta hit the big he, ones. He's the quarterback and the franchise defensive and, player. And if, he, if it turns out that Derek Stingley becomes the All Pro, they think he can if he can stay healthy, and health has been his problem. Well, then you got three foundational players, mm-hmm. and I don't know what Kenyon Green will ever be. But at the same time, Jalen Petrie looks like a foundational player. Oh yeah, he's gonna uh, be an All safety, Pro one day uh, at safety. Yeah. 
Um, you know, gosh, the draft pick of uh, Nico Collins out of Michigan, who's turning into a heck of a ball player. Too. The Tank Dell. Tank uh, Dell. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of that draft capital came through the Deshaun Watson trade or, or trades that were made subsequently to that. So keep an eye on that. One other piece of sound I have for you, Rod. You'll know who this is. This thing is very funny because uh, when two brothers get together and do a podcast, it's pretty funny, especially when oh, one it starts razzing the other. Here yeah. we go. Uh, play this last one I sent you, Ty. Last thing for the Chiefs game, as we all saw on social media, Taylor was in attendance, and it's turning out that it was good she was in attendance because they put your stats up when she's at the game and when she's not at the game. I don't know if you're aware of this. Hmm. How could I not be aware of this? When T-Swift is at the game, you are averaging 99 yards, and when you are left with only your friends and remaining family there, you are at 46.5 yards a game. As it says in the edit or whatever it is, left to his own devices. (laughs) Not only is social media noticing it, but it appears that Big Red is noticing it because he weighed in (laughs) in his post-game press conference. I love Coach Reed, man. What a guy. He was asked uh, about your big game, and his response was, Kelsey keeps getting better with time. Taylor can stay around all she wants. (laughs) What a guy. When you're getting Big Red's approval and blessings, you know you're doing something right. That's awesome. Hey, man, you're getting that bump. You're getting that bump from that Taylor Swift bump. I'm all about it. The NFL's getting the bump, and now he is literally getting the bump. And you got it. I'm with you. Well, you got to know when Taylor Swift is there, just take him out of the game. Like, I mean, just double and triple team him because they're force-feeding him the football. Make Rasheed Rice or somebody else beat you because they can't. For Kansas City, got the worst, one of the worst receiving cores in the league, that game, and they're still balling out. That game against the Chiefs or against the Chargers, I swear he called Brandon Staley and said, look, bro, you're going to get fired. If you can, uh, if you can let me be open all game, so I can have a big game in front of my girl. I'll get you. You got daughters, right? I'll get you Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, that's big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? We're gonna man. It out. We'll come to that's, your house and say hi to your kids. That's we'll play, a lot of straight we'll play cash. this for your kids. <laughs> yeah, and they basically saying that's how the game plan looked. Yeah, it did. And because of her era's tour, the era's tour put her over the top to be a billionaire. She is officially a billionaire. Ain't a billionaire because the tour put her over the top. She made that much money off that Eras tour. She's now officially. Can I say a one billionaire. thing? Kansas City Star had a story on T Swizzle Rod. Crazy, man. They talked to, to the, the Kelsey's dad. Yeah, and he's on quote saying the thing he liked about it when she was in the suite is she, you know everyone's standing there watching the game and she's walking around cleaning up, picking up paper plates, picking up uh, trash, Ooh, putting in the trash can. It's a keeper, man. I'm telling you, Travis. Like, man, she seems like a normal, normal Dude, girl. Put a, a put a bun in that oven right now. What are you <laughs> waiting on, man? A billionaire yes. that's, that will clean up the suite? Yeah. That's the biggest pop story in the world? Come on, man. Yeah. And uh, Travis, the Kelsey dad was like, yeah, man, that's genuine. She's just like, we're all talking, and she's cleaning up. Oh, she's a keeper. Not just her stuff, other people's. Mm-hmm. See? What kind of, pop, what kind of billionaire pop star you know will do that? Huh? Not many. Midwestern girl, Not man. Not many. Midwestern girl. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, uh, yeah, that'll be the last Taylor Swift story of the day. We'll come back when we do. Uh, Rod goes behind the burner. Orange Curtain one more time. Rod, uh, Ty and I go head-to-head uh, with our picks for the weekend. It's a fun one. It's a Friday.